We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joe Pizzapia, and this is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I am your host, as always, every Friday. We are here to make dreams come true and shatter pay lines. That's what we do. We're just, uh, we drink and we know things. And uh, I can't think of a better person who, who knows more and uh, it drinks as much. No, drinks as much is not a good. No, I'm just kidding. I love I mean, it. It's Michigan weekend up here. I'm going to Lambeau <laughs> on Sunday. Like you can say it. I'm, g- I'm going to be letting it rip this weekend. All right. Well, this weekend, perhaps John McKechnie will be that guy. Johnny McKex, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Like I said, I- I'm pumped. There's a lot of good stuff coming up here this weekend. I'm really, really pumped to make the uh, Lambeau pilgrimage, even if I have to catch a bus out of Madison at six in the morning on Sunday. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, Otherwise, yeah, very, very excited right now. Hey, anytime you get a chance to uh, partake in uh, one of the great NFL experiences like Lambeau Field, you do it. Mm-hmm. And you enjoy life, even if it is Brett Hundley playing. I mean, you know, that's. Uh, and speaking of which, there's lots of these rumors floating around. Aaron Rodgers getting closer and closer. We might have a couple weeks of Aaron Rodgers back on the daily slate before you know it, John. That that that's awesome. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it seemed like he's been really making solid progress, and I think. Uh, he's seen how kind of sideways things have gone uh, in his absence, so I'm sure that that's gotten him to to you know work his way back a little bit quicker. Um, it, I don't know if you can really like rush a collarbone injury, but uh, it seems like he's definitely on like the earlier side of that initial timetable. So that's definitely a good sign. All right, let's start with week 11. Here we go. It was another good week for us last week. We are continuing to uh, to do well. I mean, we we've been uh, you know. We've missed some things, but I think overall we're hitting on a lot more than we miss because mm-hmm. that's the nature of the business. As long as you hit more than you miss in daily, things are good. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Carson Wentz is back involved. He's at Dallas. He's 8,700. Tom Brady is in Mexico. 
ay Dios mío, Tom Brady is in Mexico, <laughs> and <laughs> Oakland is going, and actually, well, no one's at anywhere. I mean, it's a neutral site here. Uh, fascinating bit of information, though, that uh, Tom Brady and company, Bill Belichick, has kept them in Denver over the last week to deal with the altitude issue. Do you think that is going to have a positive effect on Brady and the Pats and a negative effect potentially on uh, Derek Carr and everybody coming into this one? Um, it, I'm not totally sure what to make of it because uh, that like pro football doctor guy that used to work for the Chargers, he's on Twitter and he's moderately useful to to follow. He said that there's not a huge difference between the between staying up there and getting acclimated in terms of your, like your actual performance or anything. So uh, it, it seems like a good idea in theory. I'm not sure if it's going to make a huge impact in practice, but um, when it comes to a guy like Tom Brady, you know, a guy that put up over 20 points. Uh, fantasy-wise against Denver last week. Uh, I expect him to be in line for another huge game uh, this week. I definitely like him a little bit more than Wentz uh, being on the road at Dallas. And you've got, speaking of Dallas, Prescott at 85, Kirk Cousins 82, and Drew Brees at 81. So I'm going to pick these guys apart. Let's let's go through them and let's take them one at a time. Now Carson Wentz has thrown more touchdown passes than anybody so far. Sean Lee is out in this game at Dallas. So that's certainly a good opportunity. Um, Look, I mean, Carson Wentz has been brilliant. He is expensive, though. 8700 is expensive. Brady's $100 less. Let's go to Prescott and Wentz because it's funny. You've got, you know, four of the top five quarterbacks playing each other, which is an right. odd thing. That's not something that happens. So would you rather be on the Wentz strain for 87 or the Dak Prescott who, I mean, spent more time on his back last week and <laughs> uh, than most, but up until, you know, recently – he has been a wonderful fantasy quarterback. Two of the last three games, though, not so much. What's your hot take here, Dak versus Wentz? Yeah, last weekend, I really thought it was terrifying for for him. And if you're if you're a Dak Prescott uh, guy or owner, um, having Tyron Smith out obviously is just a massive, massive issue. And I don't think uh, just one week of that getting exposed, uh, you know, in one week of practice afterward to address it is going to be enough. So I think Philly has a more talented group of pass rushers than what Atlanta has to offer. Um, so, you know, it's not going to be Adrian Claiborne. It's going to be a Brandon Graham or a Chris Long uh, getting after uh, Prescott on, on the blind side. And I think that's a huge, huge issue. And like you mentioned, Sean Lee being out for Dallas kind of means that Philly's probably going to be able to score a little bit more. So I, I expect Dallas to be playing from behind a little bit, even though they're on or they're at home. And I, I expect that pressure to be a little bit too much. So at 8500 even though the price on its face is good for Dak, uh, I'm worried about the team context right there with Smith being out. Now, the last five weeks, Drew Brees has only cracked 20 points one time. Clearly, this team has changed its defense. It's running the football. So the Drew Brees, you know, 350-yard game seemed to be a thing of the past. You got Kirk Cousins, who has nothing to do but throw the ball. And the opposite end, but the matchup is very tough. The matchup is a tough one against the Saints defense. I know the yardage totals have been good for Kirk Cousins. I know he still turns the ball over. But do you make a case for either of these two guys, or is it a matter of, hey, cash games, go Wentz or Brady and don't get cute? Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, it, it's – very rare that you see a game between two good teams at the Superdome and you're like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure I like either quarterback in this one, but that's sort of where we are at this point because I, I really try to avoid using quarterbacks against uh, the Saints secondary for the most part, especially when it, it's a guy like Kirk Cousins that's been, like you mentioned, a little bit turnover prone. And, you know, on the, on the flip side of that, 
uh, Breeze, it, it seems like that offense is just different uh, right now. And with Josh Norman being back for, for Washington, uh, I think that changes things a little bit. So I, like you were saying, I stick to the top two guys on the board as far as cash games go. All right, let's go down a little bit further for tournaments. You got Stafford at Chicago. I don't love that in particular. Nope. Chicago's kind of chippy. Uh, you've got Jared Goff, who's had two great weeks, but he's a huge trap because those yep. two weeks came against the Giants and the Houston Texans, the 24th and 31st ranked defenses, respectively. And then if you go look at some of the better defenses, like Jacksonville, like Seattle, he failed to put up 10 points against them. He was at nine on both of those. So I think Goff is a guy that's very matchup dependent. I'm going to go past him. I'm going to go to the guy who's probably getting the most love this week. It's Alex Smith against the Giants at 7,900. The ownership on him is going to be through the roof. Uh, and I don't see a problem with this at all. No. Yeah, I think that, you know, Smith it is extremely safe. And the Giants just, God, they, they're so, so bad defensively that, you know, they're, they're giving up 31 points to, to C.J. Beathard and, and, you know, just sort of a ragtag group of receivers. No Pierre Garçon, and you're still giving that up. Uh, that's embarrassing. So, uh, you know, I don't think being at home changes changes anything. The Rams put up 51 on them uh, in the Meadowlands. I think the the Chiefs can similarly uh, just kind of take them to the to the woodshed uh, Sunday. So uh, at 7900, I I really think that that that's about as good of a of a combination of price and upside as as we see on the board this week. All right. Now, if you continue going the opposite, we're talking about this is really the theme of the quarterbacks this week is flip side. So the flip side of this one is Eli Manning. Now, I know people say, Eli Manning, ew, gross. I, ew, it's ew. okay to say that. Ew, <laughs> I don't, I don't like Eli. It's disgusting. But oh. if he's playing from behind, if he's in a spot where we, you know, we know typically that's kind of where the Giants are right now, he's 6,500. Do you have enough love for him in a tournament situation, or is it just not enough ceiling considering where they play? Because, I mean, Ingram and Shepard have been good. I know last week was kind of frustrating there, you know, to lose against the 49ers. I still don't know how Ben McAdoo is allowed back on the plane. Amazing. But Eli Manning on this end, I mean, it is at home. Do you make a case for him at 65? Uh, you know, I could see it. And uh, I think that the Chiefs probably get a little bit too much respect defensively uh, for, for how good they've actually been. I mean, aside from Peters uh, and Justin Houston, that, that defense as a whole has kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, this year, and like you said, the game flow uh, sets up pretty well for Eli, where where at 6,500, uh, he, he's going to be throwing it upwards of 35 uh, times or so. So I think that I think it makes sense, and I think Shepard and Ingram bounce back a little bit more this week. Again, like you said last week, a bit frustrating. And, you know, if you're looking at, at more tournament-type uh, quarterbacks, it's hard to find much beyond uh, like that 7,900 Alex Smith. Uh, initially, I thought the Bortles was kind of interesting because uh, the, the Jaguars are going against the Browns, and the, the Browns are actually kind of good against the run. So I figured this might be a game where Bortles you know, gets to throw it upwards of 30 he's times. safe for two times value against but, the Browns. I'm a little bit worried about the weather factor up there. I think that that might change things. Um, so right as of right now, I'm, I'm probably off Bortles, but I, I think if the weather holds and it's not uh, really snowy up in Cleveland, then I, I'd be back on him at 75. Yeah, I think I'll be back on as well. Also, no Tyrod Taylor at 76 this week. Instead, you've got Nathan Peterman. Elaine, oh, Elaine, Elaine. <laughs> 
it's uh, yeah, Nathan Peterman. You th- you look at him at his film at Pittsburgh. He's a fourth round quarterback. No, I Lane just... Jerry. It's me, <laughs> Peterman, and I just wanted to talk to all of you about the fact that I'm the starting quarterback. I love that guy. He, he was, was uh, you know, good. he's still he still floats around. You see him on commercials. I think he was on Dancing with the Stars. You know that, that guy. You know, I forget his name, but he, he's. I'm just calling him Peterman for lack of a better you know thing, but. He's, he's had a pretty good career off of being a secondary player on a sitcom. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what is his name? Do you remember his name? Uh, I, I don't, but I, I do know who you're talking I, I feel like he shows up on like some of those uh, if insurance you've got commercials chronic foot or something. Odor, I think you should try oh. this. <laughs> yes, he, he is he's the king guy. of foot odor guy. Oh, he's definitely like a foot odor <laughs> commercial kind of guy. And it, it's funny because I, I definitely know his name. I, I can't, uh, I don't know why. Peterman, Seinfeld, and I'm just trying to... John O'Hurley, that's it. John O'Hurley. I'm John O'Hurley, and I played one character in my entire life. I just talked like this and made a career out See, of you it. Talk, you sound like a, kind of like a hitman when you say, <laughs> 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 what are you doing? <laughs> You're a little too Brooklyn, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's always my issue, man. I'm just always too Brooklyn. John McKechnie, hashtag too much Brooklyn. There you go. There's the hashtag of the show today. Beautiful. All right, so that'll do with the quarterbacks. Let's get over to the running back scenarios. You got Leonard Fournette dealing with an ankle. He's 9,300. Uh, you know, we talked about the Browns being pretty good against the run. With the ankle, with the salary, I, you know, I can't do Leonard Fournette. I, I love Leonard Fournette. Uh, we did get the picture with Leonard Fournette with lasers. Thank you, Dennis Roy. Yes, that was uh, awesome. I wanted a picture of him, a school picture with lasers in the background. Uh, Christmas came early. I got it. Major um, shout out. Yeah. Uh, Todd Gurley underneath him at 87. But I think Kareem Hunt's the guy that I'm on the most. Uh, you got Elliott out as well, this top running back group. But I'm on Kareem Hunt because the Giants can't stop anybody. I think that Andy Reid teams off a of bye historically are very well prepared, very good. I think he's a very safe cash game play. Um, it's funny, though. You have to go all the way back to the game against Washington October 2nd. That's the last time he's topped 14 points. He's been 13 consistently. Now, look, consistency is great. He's been only eight points the last two times out, and he hasn't exactly faced the greatest defenses here. I mean, right. Oakland, Dallas. So it's a little troubling in a sense of Kareem Hunt started of a house of fire. But I think that because of that, I think there's opportunity this week with Hunt to get back into that big game groove against the Giants off the bye. Yeah, I think, you know, you pretty much the way this year has gone, and we talked about it a little bit last week, you got to nail your upper tier running backs because, you know, more often than not, your upper tier receivers have disappointed uh, for, for most of this year. Obviously, like last night, if you, if you started out with the Thursday slate and you, you stuck it out and went with Antonio Brown, uh, you're way ahead right now. But for the most part, it hasn't really been that case. So you want to go with one expensive running back at least. And this week, like you said, uh, the the – the ankle injury plus the the matchup, oddly enough, uh, against Cleveland, that's enough to to you know kind of scare you off of Fournette. Gurley, I do like. Um, I think Hunt Hunt does make the most sense. You know, get, based on the matchup, uh, I know the frustration factor. Uh, maybe he's burned enough people enough times over the last few weeks to where it it scares some people off, even with that really tasty matchup. But I think Hunt makes too much sense at eighty six hundred to to pass that up. It, you have to go an expensive running back. I think he's the one. Now, we talked about Mark Ingram and uh, Kamara last week. We said both would be good. I don't think either of us thought they'd be as good as they were. Yeah, holy smokes. And it's funny. I said, I said I think I like Ingram more in this game because it's in Buffalo. I think I could see that. So Ingram was the right call between the two. Not that Kamara was wrong, but Ingram was just better. And I think you can make the case now that you could put 
not just season-long lineups with both of these guys, but even daily lineups with both of them. And they're still hovering in that $7,500 for Kamara, 82 for Ingram, where I think it's still viable. Yeah, you can you can totally swing that, and and you know both those guys are on the field enough um, where you're just not worried. Of, you're just not worried at this point about Kamara like only seeing 15 snaps or something like that. Like he has a legitimate role in this offense, and when he's out there, he's doing stuff. So uh, Ingram obviously a little bit more safe, but I think both of those guys, you, especially with how frustrating running back has been to an extent this year, you could definitely stack those guys, and I think that that's an interesting way of building a tournament lineup. Now, going back to Peterman, because I can make this voice only for one podcast in case he gets replaced. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, a very intriguing option this week against the Chargers, the worst run defense in the league, a rookie quarterback with his first start on the road. I would be absolutely shocked, John, if LaShawn McCoy didn't get a huge amount of volume in this game, especially if they got their ass handed to him at home last week. For 8K, I think LaShawn McCoy is probably the best value of any upper-tier running back this week. Uh, it, seem, it seems to be trending in that direction. I'm one of those guys that's been burned enough by McCoy uh, the last few weeks where I'm probably staying away from him, but uh, I think you bring up some You're good points You're a scorned there. lover. That's what I you am. are. I truly am. And, and rightfully I, so. I, I hold, the last two I hold weeks have been bad. Man. Well, the last two weeks have been bad. 2.5, 7.5, but in all fairness to you, they've gotten their ass handed to him. So, you know, if the game script's not going his way, that's not where they're going to go. Uh, but, I mean, with a rookie quarterback out there, you got to rely a little. I mean, let's go back to, like, that first Hundley game, right? Aaron Jones lighting things up, right? Mm-hmm. First Trubisky game, you got a lot of Jordan Howard. I just feel like that's kind of be the same thing here. And, you know, I think sometimes you get that gross overreaction the other way after a couple of bad games and a couple of losses where you go, hey, we got to get the ball back in LaShawn McCoy's hands. Yeah, and I think, I think you, you also have to consider the opponent here in that the Chargers – pass rush wise have maybe the scariest duo of guys coming off the edge, like in the entire league with Bosa and Ingram. And so with a rookie quarterback going out there in a shaky offensive line, they'd be, so, I mean, it's already dumb to, to bench Tyrod Taylor, but they, it'd be really, really dumb to have uh, Peterman dropping back early and often in that one, instead of trying to keep that pass rush honest uh, by running the ball a fair bit. So it should at least early on, uh, payoff for McCoy. I expect him to get a lot of work at least early on. All right. Now, the other thing we got to talk about here, too, is uh, I was absolutely wrong with Jarek McKinnon. He was in every lineup, and look, I feel your pain. I was right there with you. I walk the walk. I don't just talk the talk. McKinnon sucked last week. I mean, yeah. it was another Latavius Murray game. The only two times he's gotten, he hasn't gotten 20 points is when Latavius Murray's gone off. Now, this week is against the Rams. Honestly, with the whole Keenum situation up in the air, which is a shame because Keenum's been very good, and now they're setting him up for failure with a good Rams defense coming into town. I'm going to stay away from the Vikings altogether this week. I know last week we were on Thielen quite a bit, too. That did work. Uh, Golden Tate did work. We were right about a lot of those things, but McKinnon, unfortunately, was a bust. Let's go down to some of the cheaper running backs. Uh, Let's talk about Arlene's Darkwa. Not thrilling, but 5,900 as a lineup builder. I think he can get double-digit points. But the one I really want to highlight is Kenyon Drake. Now, there's been a lot of discussion back and forth. I know how terrible Miami is. We all know how terrible they are. However, if you're looking at the yards per carry here in the last two games for him, it's redonkulous, dude. He's also catching the ball in the backfield. He's got 13.4, 16.2 last two games, and these were in awful spots. And one of them, you know, like he's got a touchdown in his last two games as well. The fumble was caused for concern against Oakland, but I'm not going to get you know too rough on him. At 5,600, I mean, to me, there's your lineup builder of the week, no? 
I do I do like him a fair bit. Um, Kenyon Drake's just a really – if you watched him at Alabama, you know, going alongside of Derrick Henry, like obviously he's the less impressive of those two backs. But whenever he was given the chance, that guy just like is a smart, smart, disciplined football player. He can find uh, the gaps and that sort of, you know, helped set up the long touchdown uh, last week against Carolina. So I do like Drake. Drake a fair bit, uh, 5,600. Um, I like Alex Collins a little bit too. Uh, I think that a potential Woodhead uh, return knocks down a Buck Allen, but it doesn't knock down um, an Alex Collins. So 5,500, I think he's okay. Uh, Drake probably a little bit more upside. Um, I think it's important to warn the people also on uh, Samaje Piran personally. What do you yes. think? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm warning you. Yeah, don't do not do it. <laughs> don't, just, just don't. Just don't. don't do it. Well, I think there's a lot of guys like that. Even Mixon, very touchdown dependent. You know, there's a lot of stuff right now where there's You're not buying the, the crow. The crow, uh, you know, last week he, he sort of resurfaced as a – like I almost had forgotten about him completely, and then he has a decent game going against Jacksonville now. Uh, the season-long numbers don't look good for the run for Jacksonville, but I think they've been a lot better recently, so I'm not falling for Crowell either. See, that's why I like Drake, because Drake, to me, has that breakaway speed potential. You yes. know, and, and, and I think if you're looking for a running back that cheap, you want, you're looking for high ceiling. You're not looking for floor. You're looking for, hey, best case scenario, worst case scenario is you know, a 10-point game, he returns value okay, and, and it doesn't crush me, and it allows me to go pay up for some big boys. But True. I think best case scenario with a guy like Drake is he can go three times value easily. You know, he could have a huge game potentially. Um, let's go to the New England Patriots for a moment too. How about that Rex Burkhead? There huh? we go. Who knows Patriot running backs like me? <laughs> Woo! I'm it it actually blows game. my mind. It's kind of frightening. I, I, am the, uh, I am the Deion Lewis whisperer. I am the Burkhead of state. I am all of these <laughs> things. Uh, and more in the uh, James White House. I actually got some tweets on the Burkhead thing on that Sunday night game. People were like, "Wow, dude!" <laughs> like, it's like I played Burkhead. One guy was like, "I played Burkhead just because uh, you guys talked about him." And actually, two. One was Dennis, and I got another tweet was like, "I put Burkhead in as like a flyer on playing uh, Sunday Monday." <laughs> and, uh, I can't believe it. <laughs> Boom! Yeah, I, Boom. I wanted to tweet. You too. I couldn't find anything witty enough to come up with because I, I don't know. I guess it must have been just out of brain power at that point on Sunday. But uh, well, there's a lot yeah, of pressure on me now because you call. know because now it's it's been I don't know. It's been a month now. So and here we go. We are back to it's in Oak, uh, not in Oakland. We are uh, we're facing Mexico Oakland City. in Mexico. So Mexico City, Mexico. Um, I'm gonna say this. Dion Lewis also good in that game too. I don't want to like lose that bit of the situation there. Um, to me, I think this is a little bit more Deion Lewis today. I'm going to say Deion Lewis this week, Sunday afternoon. More Deion Lewis. Still enough Burkhead. Uh, I think with either of these guys, too. I mean, the, the Patriots don't have a traditional running game. It's not their style. And with Amendola's injuries and Hogan's injuries, you know, Burkhead is really working himself into that other role. So it's funny. Everybody at the beginning of the year was talking about, well, how are they going to make this all work with all these backs? And John, they have. I mean, they've, they've figured out a way, as always, they tailor the system to the personnel yep. instead of the personnel to the system sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you can, what a concept. you can, you can explain it better than I can as far as these Patriots go. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely like, whenever you give the Dion Lewis endorsement, I, he's always someone that I consider for at least one of my lineups. So uh, definitely listening. Um, definitely in on what, on him then uh, as a result this week. Um, I did want to get your, your thoughts uh, before we move on to receiver. Um, because of that Sean Lee injury uh, for Dallas, 
What, which, uh, which Philly running – do you think Philly's running backs are a trap this Oh, week? you know what? We didn't talk about Ajayi, and we should because there's a talk, a, a large amount of talk about, you know, expanding his role already and they're coming off the bye, which I would imagine – at 69, I think he's right, right – he's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's, that's actually a really good price with Lee it's out. A nice if, Lee, price. if Lee was in, I'd like it less, but with Lee out, I think this is a really good situation for Ajayi. I think he does. It's funny. I would, I would imagine something like 15 carries for 80 yards, which is basically the line he had last week with half the amount of touches. And you say, well, why? Well, it's because, you know, Denver is kind of in a tailspin right now. And I think along with that touchdown, like you're look, you're looking for a similar kind of day. I think he's a fine play. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to warrant the ownership he's going to get. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. That's a good way of putting it. I think that's the problem. I think he's going to be a trendy pick, not necessarily the most productive one. Uh, I'll take McCoy over a Jai. In fact, maybe we'll have to come to that a little bit later here because I feel mm-hmm. like that might be a, a, a interesting bonus question now that we're talking about it. Let's go over to the wide receivers. We mentioned last week we crushed the Adam Thielen pick. So good. Loving the Thielen. I'm hooked on a Thielen, and I can't stop the Thielen. Uh, <laughs> 26.6. I mean, the guy's a wide receiver one, guys. I mean, can, can we please get on board with this? And I'll tell you what. I know it's a tough matchup here uh, for everybody. I think he's still in play this week at 77. It's not, it's not awful. If you just want to keep rolling with Thielen, I get it. But Hopkins at 77 is the one I want to talk about because I, I'm not – you know, I understand that Patrick Peterson is great. I get that. But – here we go. Let's, let's, let's run through it. I know we do this sometimes on the show. 12, 12, 4, 11, 16, 14. That's the weekly target volume of DeAndre Hopkins over the last six weeks. You give me double-digit targets, I'm going to show you productivity. I don't care if Tom Savage is playing quarterback. Yeah, a lot of the times, that, that's definitely true. Um, I, I was treated to uh, the in, you know, living out here in this market. I, I guess they just were out of games to show, so they showed the uh, – the Texans Rams game last week and holy crap Tom Savage can make an open receiver and and still somehow hang him out to dry so like that scares the crap out of me but you do bring up the good point that you know it's just sort of like if you throw enough crap at the wall something's gonna stick and like Hopkins is like the the target and he's volume 77. king yeah 7700 I mean, so like not, it, it, you're getting a number works. one wide receiver volume for under 8k and and a lot under 8k it's not like oh he's 79 77 I mean that doesn't that's that's a crazy thing, but like look at that, man. That's just that's bananas. Golden- especially like when you have AJ Green going against Denver in Denver with Andy Dalton as his quarterback, you know, like you you definitely prefer Hopkins in oh, that yeah. case. And, 100%. And, and you know, Mike Evans coming back from suspension uh with Ryan Fitzpatrick as his quarterback and he couldn't do anything last week. So uh, you know, that was a bit of a, a trap game. But you know, it, it was like one of those games that was like so gross maybe it were it would work but no uh that jets bucks game was just horrifying um and i don't expect things to get a whole lot better um so evans at 78 doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either and you know 900 more for michael thomas we mentioned what's going on with the with the no, uh, saints no, so that's no, a no, no that's a no. no so yeah i can't even understand why that would be uh but what a, what an awful pricing that is uh his ownership's going to be point something uh golden tate 7600 always in play for me, Golden Tate's just very, very steady, especially cash games. Um, even if you if you want to go down to Alex Smith and you want to put in Hopkins and Golden Tate, I think you can certainly get away from that. Uh, I'll get away with that. Excuse me. Crabtree yes. against the Patriots, I think, is in play. Um, 
I expect that game to be a fair, fairly decent shootout type scenario. I don't think New England's going to roll. I think New England's going to win because Oakland's not going to be able to stop them. Uh, but at the same time, it's Crabtree, not Cooper. I just can't do the Amari Cooper. Uh, Stephon Diggs is a tougher sell for me right now because I just don't think he's healthy. You know, I think he's playing through injury. I know it was a good week last week for him with the one touchdown against the Rams. I'm kind of – I'm right on the fence there. The problem is it's only a $200 difference for Thielen, and Thielen's been so consistent I think I'd have to go that route. Des Bryant, run the other direction. Just run. Yeah. I mean, there's don't no reason to do this. I mean, I don't care what kind of Cowboy fan you are. Let's talk about Alshon Jeffrey dealing with the ankle injury. He's questionable, but he's going to play – are you starting to feel the Alshon Jeffrey last two weeks? Things are trending. He's got three touchdowns in the last two games. This is another spot, too. You want to talk about pairing with Wentz. Is Jeffrey the guy you want, or is Ertz the guy you want this week? Um, Ertz is safer, obviously, but um, that because of that wide receiver core is a little bit tougher to figure out. Um, it's almost like the Patriots running backs situation among uh, NFL wide receivers, but Jeffrey does seem to be – um, kind of establishing himself as that number one guy. So, like, that Aguilar honeymoon from earlier in the year, it seems like it, it's now uh, the Jeffrey show a bit more. Um, I do think targeting uh, that Dallas secondary is, is pretty smart uh, for Sunday. I probably still lean Ertz, but, I mean, at the same time, you, there are a ton of good uh, tight end options. And for 500 less, you get Kelsey, and I'm sure we'll get into that. In the, oh, like the, we're going to get the, into the, that. The streak. Yeah. The first guy to be 100% owned on FanDuel will be <laughs> Travis Kelsey. But we'll save that for just next Just setting week. records. <laughs> but, much. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to have a ton of Jeffrey, but I see the logic, I guess, I guess is, what I, is where I land on that one. Well, there's a lot of uh, Jarvis Landry logic at 6,800. You know, the knock on Landry has always been the touchdown output, but that's changed this year. And I know this is the second Dolphin I'm talking about. Bad Joe. Bad Joe. But you want to talk about it. <laughs> this is wild. But you know what? I mean, here we go again. I'm going to read the numbers. I don't like doing this, but numbers don't lie to a certain extent. 12.9, 16.2, 18.8, 5.8, 12.2, 12.7. Every week, Jarvis Landry is giving you 12 points. He's almost like Eric Decker a couple years ago when he had that great year with the Jets before everything came crushing down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, those are like the perfect cash game lineup building wide receivers, and he's priced kind of the same. So Landry, to me, is this year's version of that Eric Decker from two years ago. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, and also – and this probably extends a little bit more to, to like full PPR type of places, but like, yeah, he, he still is just catching like everything that's thrown his way. And he, his catch volume is, is awesome. And Tampa Bay's secondary, it's terrible. It's so, so bad. So Landry, yeah, I'd kind of like glossed over him because, you know, Robert Woods has played so well of late, um, but that's a really, really tough matchup up in Minnesota. Tampa's I, not a tough I, matchup. And yeah, Tampa home. is not, and you're getting him for cheaper. So I do like I do like that Landry call. Um, what do you make of Sterling Shepard this week? It's five. Sterling Shepard and Marquise Lee, I think I'm very much on. Now, the questionable knee for Lee, along with the, the potential for weather working out. Like, I'm not somebody who, like, go freaks out over the weather. You know, to me, wind is the thing that's more than anything. Snow mm-hmm. I can deal with depending on how much it is. Rain you could deal with better than people realize. It's wind that really gets into, you know, involved with, you know, the passing game. That's where things can struggle depending on the quarterback. I love Shepard this week. I mean, Shepard had a huge game last week, no touchdown. But uh, if you expect them to be playing from behind, and I think we all do, I would expect somewhere around double-digit targets. I would expect somewhere around 100 yards. You know, Marquise Lee's another guy. If you want to hear about <laughs> – here we go again, right? 
10, 6, 12, 11, the targets the last four weeks for him. He's just getting so many targets, got two touchdowns the last two games. Um, and as far as right now, when you're talking about, you know, he's on a limited basis practicing Thursday. So far, I think things are trending in the right direction for Lee. Right. I think I would lean Lee for the touchdown upside slightly over Sterling Shepard. I'm not sure. Where would you go on this one? Um, I'm still probably sticking with Shepard. Um, okay. I, do, I do like the Lee call. I, I think both of those guys at 6,500 uh, can fit into your lineup just fine. Actually, but my first run through of my lineup uh, that, that has Kareem Hunt in it as well. Um, I like having uh, Shepard and Lee. Again, you got to just like double check. Uh, for Friday afternoon, we should know for sure uh, more along the lines of where Lee's at, but it seems like he, he is trending in the right direction. So maybe the, this makes this scares me off of Bortles. Maybe I'll move up to an Alex Smith uh, instead at quarterback. But I think that both uh, having, having Lee and Shepard is totally doable in your lineups this week. <laughs> Did you ever think – in August that we'd be sitting here in, uh, in November and you would say the phrase, yeah, I love Bortles, but I think I might have to pay up a little bit more for Alex Smith. And then I'll, like, you're happy with either of those scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put you in a time machine. Year, I'm going to play that clip for you and you're going to punch me in the face. <laughs> just, yeah. Or you're yourself. just going to be like, like doc from, from back to the future. I'm like, no, no, Monty, get out of here. Monty, you're not going to believe what happened. Monty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, look at look at us. Look at what we've become. I'll t- how about this? You want to talk about something crazy? How about Jordy Nelson at $6,400? He's like a peasant oh now. He is. He's just – he's nothing. He's like dead to us. I mean, Devontae Adams you could make a case for there. But outside of that, you know, Ted Ginn's been – you know, if Michael Thomas is going to get guarded by Norman, then Ted Ginn is going to be loose again at 5600 I keep saying it. He's the only guy – I know last week was dreadful – but it was just so run heavy up until then he had been very consistent again. I, I think you can in a tournament, make that case. Crowder's another guy too. If Lattimore is on Doxon, then that frees Crowder up. I don't love Crowder, but another one of these cheap dart throws, those are guys that are in play. I still like sure. Lee and Shepard more. I think they have a lot higher floor than some of these other guys here. And after that, I just really, there's nobody else that I'm really getting excited about. I know Dontrell Inman had a good game, but if Darius Slay is on him, I don't, I think that's going to be a short lived week <laughs> for sure. Dontrell Inman. I don't see that really being anything worth of note. Anybody else here, wide receiver, before we turn the page? Um, I think some people might be able to talk themselves into Corey Coleman because he's probably the best receiver on the Browns and he's, at, you know, back active this week after but not being out. This week against Jackson. Exactly. That's, that's no. the thing. That's, the, that's what you got to point out. So, uh, wait, wait to uh, get Colin back in your lineups uh, next week. I think th- this week is a, is a hard no for me. All right, let's talk about how the fact over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fanduelcom rotowire and you'll get a free six month Rotowire subscription plus free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. Void where prohibited. Um, that's, that's a good – somebody should uh, – that should be a wrestling tagline, I think, for somebody. <laughs> yeah. the, the salesman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, it. that's the character. The salesman. Oh, I'm going to get up to the ring. And I was like, I challenge you this Sunday. SummerSlam, you and me. I'm going to go door to door on your ass. <laughs> Void where prohibited. Yeah, and the whole crowd just goes ape when he says it. Yes. Yeah, and they just start trying to void, 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 void. <laughs> there you go. There's my gimmick. 
I'm going to start uh, going to have to roll out the wrestling career. Um, all right. Tight end Rob Gronkowski, 8,200 Zach Ertz, AK he's healthy again. No injury reports to speak of at uh, Dallas. Um, and you got Travis Kelsey, who's pricing at 7,500 is just mind blowing to me. I can't believe Kelsey's not at the top of this board. Um, the giants have given up a, a touchdown to a tight end uh, in every game since the, uh, since 1974, Correct. I believe. I think that's the exact statistic. Um, and here we are, John. Travis Kelsey, will he be – okay, ownership on Travis Kelsey in the Millionaire Maker. Uh, I'm going to put it at 64%. <laughs> yeah. Over under. Yeah. I, Over I, under. <laughs> you know, it – it might be slightly under, but like it, it, you know, I could totally see it going over too. I, I, I'll go with the under, but yeah, it, he should be at least sixty-five percent owned because he's he's that good, and this matchup is that soft. It, you know, it's re- it's really like the only rationale you can have for uh, him not having a good game is basically you you just like psyching yourself out at this point because well, if the it's the price that there, I think it's impossible. You know, if he was eighty-two, yeah. I'd say it's less, but he's he's the cheaper between yeah, Gronk and Ertz. Five hundred less than Ertz. That's I crazy don't know. To me. It's 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 amaze balls, and somehow I keep trying to wrap my mind around it, and there's just no explanation except somebody got drunk behind the algorithm, and this is what happened. You made Michael Thomas eighty-six hundred instead. Yeah. Now on the other side. Evan Ingram at 74, there's your contrarian play of the week. It's definitely Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is absolutely – I mean, Kelsey going to be so highly owned. I'd stick right in that same game. The target volume for Ingram is going to be very high. He's been – uh, he's well outperformed my expectations. He's got four straight games with a touchdown. I mean, what more does this guy have to do? He's just crushing it right now. Yeah, he's he's an animal. And then you got to also consider just like the, the volume uh, is ridiculous right now, especially uh, compared to uh, other tight ends. Like he's at 72 targets on the year uh, and he hasn't had less than seven targets uh, since week six. So, you know, three straight weeks of 12, uh, 10 or nine targets. Um, I think we're going to see similar uh, trend this week. So, yeah, Ingram at 74. Uh, yeah, lo- lock that in. Like if you're not doing Kelsey, just go Ingram. Now, it makes it an intriguing week to Gronk if you want to Gronk because with Hogan still out, there is opportunity here, I think, against Oakland where Gronk could have a big game. He had kind of a quiet one, you know, four for seven for 74, no touchdown. Um, you know, Gronk's only had two 20-point games this season. So I think this is definitely a Gronk week. And it's funny because everybody and their mother's going to be on Kelsey, almost to the point where, like, I want to have a Kelsey lineup but I think the majority of my lineups are not going to have Kelsey in it because I think that could be such a differentiator if he doesn't have a – like, let's say he just has a regular – like, a decent game. Let's say he just catches three balls, one of them's a touchdown, and it's good, right? Sure. But Ingram or Ertz go off, or even Gronk goes off. There's your separator. There's that's your, right. Yeah, that's right, because, yeah, all those people will be trapped in just, like, a mediocre Travis Kelsey day. Right. And, and, the, and I keep – it's hard because he's 7,500, so even a mediocre Travis Kelsey day is okay. Sure. You know, even a two, uh, you know, if he has, I'm trying to look at one of the game logs here where he had just, I mean, hell, even last week was slightly better than mediocre, but, you know, there's been games here where he was five for seven for 40 yards. You know, I mean, he's going to get a touchdown against the Giants. <laughs> it's going to happen, you know, so I think you should have one Kelsey lineup, but in tournaments, I think you might want to shy away from it. I think cash games, you stay with Kelsey because, 
everyone's going to ride or die with him. And if he does have a huge game, forget it. Then, then you're really behind the eight ball. Yeah. But it's in tournaments, I think, where Kelsey's the guy you fade this week without a doubt. Is there anybody else here at the tight end that you want to make any sort of case for? The Rudolphs, the Wittens, the Brates, anybody else here? Um, you know, I think that this week, with the way that – especially the way, the way that receiver kind of sets up uh, where you can get away with just going for going without any sort of receiver at, at like 8,000. Um, I think you should just stick with, with the more expensive uh, tight ends. That seems to make a fair bit more sense to me. I guess if you go way down the board, a guy like CJ Fedorowicz, who I, I, I like his talent a fair bit. Um, and he's the, you know, he's a tight end in Houston and he's going against, uh, a Cardinals defense that I don't think is all that good. So I think maybe he's ca- kind of like a dart throw option. I think Vernon Davis at 5,200, uh, if Jordan Reed is still out, then maybe, maybe that's something you consider, but otherwise, uh, try to go, uh, and try to go expensive with your, with your tight end. All right, let's go over and talk about the defenses of the week. Clearly Jacksonville 5,600, you know, that's going to be, you know, uh, chalky. Now I, I, they did not perform to my expectation last week. I clearly lost that one. I was, I was getting a little, you know, highfalutin last week, and it, and it certainly – I went down in flames on that one. But uh, looking at the rest of these high defenses, uh, Kansas City is 5,100 against the Giants, which I hate that pricing. I absolutely hate it. Uh, the Denver Broncos, the fact that they're 48 is, is appalling. Uh, really, the high-priced defenses this week, no ma'am. I don't want them. I don't want anything to do with them. I want to go all the way down to – uh, where I'm looking for some turnovers and I'm looking for turnovers in New Orleans and I'm looking at Kirk Cousins to throw some picks. I'm looking for Samaji P Ryan to fumble the ball and oh, 4,500 to me, there's your turnover play of the week. I think new England and new Orleans, both at 45 are very solid, you know, lower, but not bottom rung defenses that could get you some turnovers this week. That, yeah, that's really, really good calls as far as turnover upside goes. Um, I think it, the Dolphins, I would want to use them just because Tampa Bay's offense and it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, so he's going to throw some picks. But the way that the Dolphins have just been just publicly humiliated the last few weeks against offenses that I don't think are all that great, um, I don't think you can trust them, even, even at home. Uh, so no Dolphins for me. Uh, I think the Saints and the Patriots make sense. I think uh, 4,700 for the Ravens, they're a turnover machine as well. And going against Brett Hundley, um, if they if – they, even think about letting him throw the ball more than four yards down the field. And I think there's a pick in play uh, for sure. And then they got a banged up running back core. If they, if they give a ton of carries to Jamal Williams, a rookie, um, I could see some fumbles in play there as well. All right, let's get to the bonus question of the week. Last week was who is going to score more points at Jacksonville defense or big Ben. Uh, Big Ben clearly did. Although you had to be panicking in that first drive where he threw a pick and you're like, Oh dear God, (laughs) (laughs) what have I done? (laughs) Road Ben is so real and it's so bad. Oh, I don't know. It's worse, man. Road rash or road Ben, but they're equally appalling. Uh, So now John McKechnie has evened up the bonuses for the year. Six, six, one right now. That's your question. So I've got the one question this week. I already know which way you're going. And I think I know which way I'm going. And that's why I picked it. Who scores the most of these two running backs in FanDuel points this week? We've got one corner, Jay Ajayi, and the other corner, LaShawn McCoy. I'm taking LaShawn McCoy. I'm telling you, it's time to dial it up with Mr. Peterman. Elaine, Elaine, Elaine. You tell me, are you taking Ajayi? Uh, You know, as as much as that – 
that makes sense. Um, you know, I'll go Ajayi against a, a Sean Lee-less uh, Dallas defense. I'll do it. Nice. So McCoy, Ajayi, head-to-head points. Who wins? Well, you'll have to tune in next week to find it's bloodbath. out. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be void where prohibited. Yeah. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pizapia17. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great weekend of Daily Fantasy.